Late Night City, Beyond the Dark. Ladies and gentlemen, I can't believe it's that time of year again. Oh my word, it seems to be like a residency. Jim Harold, all around that campfire yet again. Hello, Jim. Hello, how are you, Pete? It's been, it, well, it's once a year. <laughs> once a year, but I look forward to it. It's on my calendar every year. Um, it, it's amazing. It's amazing. So what have we got for us this time? Well, uh, we have a new Campfire book out, Campfire 5, the fifth in the series, mm-hmm. and 70 more spooky supernatural stories uh, for kind of Halloween time. Well, before we talk about Campfire 5, let's go back. What, Looking back now at the other four books, what has been the best ever story out of those four books? Oh, the best story ever is one called The Roadhouse Saloon. It's a pretty long, but I'll try to... Oh, no, no, no. Take as long as you want. (laughs) Well, that one's my absolute favorite. There was this woman with a... uh, She was out in in a rural area in America's Midwest, and uh, they had gone to see a band. And they were coming back home, and uh, the call of nature happened upon her, and there was no place to go. And uh, finally, they came uh, along this uh, saloon, had a big sign that said the Roadhouse Saloon, and it was like an oasis. It was after closing time over here. Generally, bars, pubs uh, close about 2 a.m. in the morning. But this place was open, and they they went in, and it was kind of surreal and kind of weird, and, and, and people kind of smiled and stared at them but didn't quite engage. So she went to the restroom. Her friend got a couple of beers, and he said, I'm really glad we're here. I'm an artist. There's this uh, mural on the wall I've heard so much about. And they started looking at this mural, And it was odd because everybody in the bar was in the actual mural. You know, there was a guy with a strap T-shirt behind the bar, a big burly guy. He was there. There were a couple women sitting at the end of the bar. They were there. Some guys playing cards, and they were there. Very, very odd. And uh, they had some weird experiences. People came up to them, and one guy asked her to dance and play Chubby Checkers. Let's twist again on the jukebox, the old record jukebox with vinyl. So anyway, they kept looking at this mural and they noticed two figures. Now, the the mural was painted in a Western motif, like the old Western movies and TV shows. And they saw two figures kind of almost developing in uh, to the picture. Mm -hmm. And it was almost like the old Polaroid pictures. They weren't quite there, but it was like they were developing in. They kept looking closer and closer. And these figures became clearer and clearer. And they noticed there was a, a tall man standing there. And uh, our caller, T.I. was her name, was with Bob. Bob was a tall man. And then there was a woman with boots and a cane. And T.I. had boots and a cane. They were literally developing into the picture. And they said, let's get out of here. So <laughs> they, they get out, and these people are kind of beckoning them back. They run out the door. They're as quickly as they can. They close the door. Everything goes dark. All the cars except for theirs are gone. All the lights, the place was lit up like a Christmas tree, all gone. She goes back to the place a couple of days later with uh, a friend uh, at a much earlier time. They kind of check it out, and she said, oh, we were here, and there was this big, handsome, burly bartender, and there was a woman bartending. She said, there's nobody here like that. The only people that bartend at this place are uh, myself and uh, my father, who is elderly. And then she went and looked for a jukebox. Sure enough, there was a jukebox. Well, first of all, there was no chubby checker let's twist again on it. And it was not the old vinyl 45s or LPs. It was actually a CD jukebox. 
So what did she end up in, Pete? I don't know. Was it some kind of alternate reality? And was she lucky that she got out? <sighs> That's your all-time favorite. That's my all-time favorite, because yeah. it's very Twilight zone mm. You know, having five books, tell me, do you... Do, do you have a different opinion on ghosts and ghoulies and scary things? When I first started out, I, I you know, I think in some ways I'm, I'm more skeptical about any one claim, but I'm more convinced that something's going on. You know, I started the books uh, back in 2011 and I started my podcast on the paranormal, the first uh, podcast I ever did, the paranormal podcast, which I'm still doing today along with the campfire back in 2005. And, uh, it's just all of this, hearing all these stories, and then on my other show, talking to authors and experts, I'm absolutely convinced there is something going on. But I don't think it's as easily put in a box as I used to think. I used to think, oh, ghosts are definitely people who have passed. And maybe some ghosts are. But maybe there, there are other things like alternate realities, different dimensions. And, and I think all the paranormal is kind of jumbled up a lot more than we really think it is. Uh, maybe maybe uh, ghosts somehow have some relation to UFO sightings, and they may have some relation to Bigfoot sightings. It's, uh, I'm more convinced something's going on, but I'm more confused than ever, Pete. Are you the ultimate dinner guest? I don't know about that. <laughs> you haven't seen me eat. <laughs> I wasn't thinking about the food. I was thinking of the entertainment afterwards. I don't mind giving you as much as you want. Yeah, that's right. Uh, it's the uh, after dinner. No, yeah. you must be. You must be sought after. Well, it it is fun to share stories. And the funny thing is, is that Pete and and I think you probably have experienced this in your life. Almost everybody has a ghost story. So the thing that I enjoy the most is I'll kind of start off the conversation and say, "Oh, there was this strange thing uh, that happened," and, and and here's one of the stories from the show or the book or one of the books. And, and then people, somebody will invariably say, nah, that stuff, I don't believe in it. And then they'll say this, but there was that one time. Mm. And then they tell their story because everybody has a story. So I kind of look at it as like the, the straw that stirs the drink. I like to get things going and then have everybody else tell their stories because everybody has one. That sounds fantastic. Well, I'm going to tell you a story. I've never done this before. It's a, a simple story, but I'm a non-believer. I don't believe in ghosts, but okay. I've had a couple of experiences, but I don't believe in it. I really just don't. But That's fair. But see if you can explain this. Very simply, I, was, I live in a penthouse with a beautiful view and I was looking out of the window. I live on my own, looking out of the window with a pair of binoculars, a very big pair of binoculars. The front doorbell went. I put the binoculars down. I went to the door. It was the postman. I had to sign for something. I took it. I said thank you very much. I went back in. I have never, ever seen those binoculars again. See, these things happen. Um, in fact, it's so funny you mentioned that. I just had someone literally yesterday record a um, story for the show that hasn't even aired yet. And he had lost a driver's license. And uh, it fell out along the side of the road. He collected all of his things, looked for it, tore the whole place he was staying apart, could never find them. And then one day he wakes up and the driver's license is sitting in the middle of his kitchen, face up like somebody put it there. And he had torn everything apart in the whole house. And this was several days later. And it just appears out of nowhere. And it is interesting how things can be moved and they can literally disappear. And that's the thing. I think most people, when they think about these supernatural stories, they think that it has to be super dramatic, like the one that I just told. And there are a few of those. And, and that's the minority, though. Most stories that I hear are very simple 
but they're very profound, mm. just like your story. I think your story is much more like what people experience for the most part. What upsets me most about it, Jim, is it actually made me ill thinking, where the hell is it? This is ridiculous. This is logically, this is a stupid thing. Right. And, and I've never seen it. It's it's now five years. Never seen them. Never seen amazing. them again. That's a, in a penthouse, it's not like... Uh, Nobody know, in there. I live on my house. own. There was not a living soul in there. The postman never came in. I signed. I shut the door. I went back to the binoculars. They were not there. That's odd. And they didn't I, fall I out the window. Didn't I fall out the window. So the window wasn't open. <laughs> so just <laughs> I love to tell you. So Campfire 5, you pleased with it? Yes, yes. Uh, you know, the thing is, is that there's always so many kind of different stories and they always surprise me. And, and the way that we write these, they're a compilation of stories on the podcast. So I may not have looked at these stories for two or three years. And then I go back to compile this and I, I had forgotten the stories. And it's good to get reacquainted with them and, and kind of pick the best of the best for the book. Right. Three blind mice over to the UK. What's this all about? Oh, yes, I love this one because, you know, we have a great listenership and great support in the UK. And this one's about a gentleman, Darren, who uh, worked in a, in a hospital over there in the operating theater. And it was him and a colleague who were uh, the people who cleaned the operating theater because that's important to keep everything tidy. And they were always the first people to get into the work in the mornings. Uh, so, so it would be deserted. And they would hear... Someone whistling, well, Darren would hear somebody whistling three blind mice, and he kept thinking that was his colleague. Mm -hmm. And this uh, kept hearing three blind mice. So one day they were working together, and they both heard it, and his colleague said, oh, there's the ghost. It's whistling again. <laughs> so he had been hearing as well. So that was kind of the first uh, weird thing. They, they tried to see if there were air vents, you know, leaking, making this noise. But, uh, but no. And then the next thing they noticed the doors into the operating theater. Now, at that point, they were held open on metal latches. Now everything's magnetic. But they would open them and secure them so they wouldn't get in the way while they were cleaning. And then they would close mysteriously by themselves. So one night, he was behind one of the doors, and he said, he, Darren said he literally saw the latch lift up by itself as it closed. Now, they attributed that to whoever was or whatever was whistling uh, three blind mice. But maybe the most dramatic thing that happened was uh, one day Darren was working outside of the chemotherapy department where people get cancer treatment and so forth. And certainly, no, that's a that's a part of a hospital. It's very difficult. There's a lot of sad things that, mm -hmm. that go on in terms of people very ill. And uh, there would be at this time of the day, there'd be nobody there typically. And he was alone and he glanced at over at the door, which had a glass in it. And he said he saw the face of someone in the glass and their face was flaking, dark, charred. I'm assuming they also did uh, radio uh, radiology here as well, as if someone had been completely burned. Now, he couldn't figure out who that could be because mm -hmm. there would be nobody there at that time of day. And he walked away and he thought, is this some kind of trick? Is somebody standing there? Uh, you know, am I, is my mind making this up? So he forced himself to go back. And here was the weird thing, Pete. In that oncology department, the strange thing was when he went back, there was no window in the door. It was absolutely, absolutely solid. And he said that he has talked to his colleagues there. There are many stories of that hospital being haunted. 
Uh, someone said that they saw a military officer on the top floor looking out a window, and then the figure slowly turned around and vanished in front of their eyes. And Darren says that, that people know that this goes on, but they try not to talk about it too much. And, uh, you know, this maps to things I've heard time and time again, many, many stories of people working in the medical field who have, who have seen things, tremendous things. I'm talking to the lovely uh, Jim Harold about the new book, which is Campfire 5. This is one of a series. Uh, we do this interview every time the book comes out. It's Radio City 2 and Radio City Talk. Jim, um, do you dream ghost stories? No. You know, the thing is, is that you would think that this would bother me a lot more than it does. But I'm going to say something that probably sounds counterintuitive, but this all is actually comforting to me. Because one of, and I, I think there are a lot of people about this, uh, you fear that after you die, that's it. You know, and, and uh, you know, some people are fine with that. I'm one of those people who, you know, I want to stick around. Now, I don't know that I want to be a ghost, but all of this to me hints that we don't quite understand what's going on in the universe. And uh, this, along with things I've heard about near-death experiences and some of the research that's been done there, I do believe we go on. So in some ways, it doesn't terrorize me as much as it comforts me, if that makes any sense. You're well dominated now. It's 22 million times they've listened and downloaded uh, your stories. That must make you feel really, really nice. Uh, well, you know, the thing is, is that I went to school for broadcasting and I worked in, in radio for several years uh, uh, behind the scenes in the business side of it and was always kind of upset I never ended up in front of the mic. So I started all this as a hobby in 2005. And I am, I, I think the word you guys used are, uh, is do, uh, gobsmacked. Mm -hmm. That's the one. <laughs> I'm gobsmacked that, uh, you know, people all over the world are enjoying the shows and the books. I'm incredibly gratified that I've been able to make this a full-time job. You know, when uh, the first time we talked, Pete, I believe back maybe in 2011, um, this was a sideline. Uh, at first it was a hobby, then it was a sideline. Now it's become a career, and I'm just very gratified and very grateful that people are enjoying it and we're able to explore, explore the paranormal together. 17 spooky stories. Give us some more stories. Teasers. Teasers yes, over the Yes, 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 yes. Well, here's an, uh, a neat one. Uh, this gentleman, uh, his name is uh, Jamie. He's from Alabama, the American South. And he told us about uh, Uncle Gene, his Uncle Gene. And he, he says his Uncle Gene has always been able to see ghosts. He says that uh, Uncle Gene can see them as clearly as uh, uh, someone could see you or I. And he says specifically, now this is one of those dramatic stories, he sees full-body apparitions. And he said, Uncle Gene was at work one day, and he worked in this manufacturing plant. And uh, they were working together, and he was looking at one of his coworkers, and all of a sudden, he sees this man on the plant floor. floor just, uh, uh, just looks like a regular person, right? An older man. And Uncle Gene says to this man, uh, who's looking at his colleague, he says, can I help you? And the man said, well, I was coming to talk to him, talking about the coworker, but he looks like he's busy. Can you tell him his father came by? So a couple of days later, Uncle Gene sees his coworker, and he didn't mention at the time. And he said, oh, by the way, your father came here to, to see you the other day, but you were busy. And this guy gets pale. He says, describe him. 
And Uncle Gene described the man he'd seen the day before, and the guy got even paler. And the man says, well, Gene, I don't know how to tell you this. He didn't finish the sentence. He pulled a picture out, and he showed Gene this picture, and he says, is that the guy? And Uncle Gene says, yeah, that's him right there. And the co-worker says, well, I don't know how to tell you this, Gene, but my father, that's my father, and he's been dead for two years. Now, Uncle Gene, <laughs> it's kind of funny, this co-worker wouldn't talk to Uncle Gene for about a month. I guess he was kind of uh, felt that he was cursed or something. He kind of stayed away from him, and Uncle Gene said, I didn't do anything. I was just delivering a message. And there's other stories that he went into, but that one's great when you 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 see this guy and he's looking at someone and a ghost basically just addresses him and says, well, I came here to talk to him, but, uh, but I see he's busy right now. Just tell him dad said hello. Wow. I thought that was pretty striking. Jim, what's your views on psychics genuinely? Cause you're a very straightforward speaking. man. Well, I, I will be very honest. I think that unfortunately there are some psychics that are charlatans. Uh, I know, particularly in Britain, uh, the, the government and so forth is very sensitive to that. And I think, you know, it makes sense. I, I think you have to be very careful. However, I do think there are some people who do have legitimate gifts. I, I mean, I had a psychic on and I actually had my wife call in on a separate line, unbeknownst to the psychic. And I took her as a caller, much as you'd take a caller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I said, what do, you, what do you have to tell this, this woman? And uh, she said, well, I see these people. And she says, I see this one young man. His name is Robert or Bob, and he's very young. Um, and he was a friend of yours, and he just wanted to, to say hello. And we got to talking more. He said, yeah, he died in some tragic, uh, sudden, extreme way. So anyway, uh, this psychic, first of all, my wife does not even believe in Facebook. <laughs> so she says, <laughs> and, and I don't share a lot about my family on the shows for privacy reasons. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, this woman would have had no way to know about my wife. My wife's best friend in high school was named Bob, who later, several years later, committed suicide. Oh. Now, it could have been a real lucky guess, yep. but boy, was that a lucky guess. And the thing is, so I do think there is something there. And I do think there are people that do have uh, those kind of gifts. But I also think, on the other hand, people have to be careful, especially when people are asking for money and those kind of things. You are so like me. It's incredible. I have psychics on the show. Not a lot, but I have psychics on the show and have done over the years I've been broadcasting. I am a non-believer, but something happened to me that made me think, wow, but I'm still a non-believer. But I don't poo-poo it because if it gives pleasure to other people and it's not costing them then why not? The other thing, now think about this, Pete. There's another idea here. Maybe psychics do have gifts, but some people have posited that it could actually be mind reading and not in a de deceptive way. They think they're picking up on signals from dead people when they're actually picking up something, but they're picking up the thoughts hmm. of the person who they're reading. Now, that's, that's a theory that's out there, and I, I wouldn't necessarily reject that out of hand either. Interesting. Um, the book you've written, which uh, is Campfire 5, is the market saturated out there? I know you've got your own following, but is the market saturated with books like this? Well, to some point, you know, as years go on, especially with Kindle and it's easier and easier to publish, uh, self-publish and so forth, 
I think there is a certain amount of that. I mean, my my hope is always, and it has been thus far, is that my books stand out because I, I try to provide the highest quality. Uh, I my stories are a little different because I don't add anything. I mean, for example, the the binocular story. If I were to interview you and include that in a book. I would just tell it like it was. I wouldn't yeah. say, and yeah. then I saw yeah. a uh, yeah. red-eyed beast uh, growl or something. So I try to be very <laughs> true to life. And I think that's a little bit different because I think a lot of these books try to um, gin things up a little bit and exaggerate. I just recount the stories as they're told to me and just edit them for flow and yeah. so forth. So I think that kind of, I don't think there are a lot of books that do that. But to your point, yes, and it becomes more and more so, particularly with the Kindle and, and self-publishing, you'll get people who, you know, uh, publish 20 page books and, and, and put them up. And it kind of does, it's harder to find the, the, mm. the, the wheat from the chaff. I can't believe you said that. It was a red eyed monster. I was looking at through the binoculars. <laughs> <laughs> How did I know that? Maybe I'm sick. Talking about that. We live on a coastline. We're looking over smuggling ghosts. Anything to do with shipwrecks? Uh, snuggling ghosts. Oh, snuggling, snuggling is it? Snuggling. Oh, snuggling, I thought it was yes. smuggling. I've got to clean my glasses. That's all right. That's all right. Well, that's one I love because this woman uh, rented a, a home with her husband back in 2001, and she's very much into the paranormal, and he thinks it's goofy. So anyway, the first thing they noticed was, or she noticed, was the smell of roses in the house. Uh, and it was very localized. She'd be in one part of the house, and she'd turn around, and it would be gone. And, and she thought at first it was one of these kind of, I don't know, i guess you have them over there, those plug-in air fresheners. And she kept looking for one, and she couldn't find it. So that was the first thing. Then she noticed the smell of cigarette smoke. And it was very strong and, again, very localized. And she started to joke and say, oh, that's just Rose. She kind of gave this possible ghost a name. Then the, the next odd thing happened was is that uh, her husband was in the backyard tending their barbecue. They were having a cookout. All of a sudden, she hears a, a noise from the pantry. And um, she goes, and in the, the middle of the room is sitting a can of soup, standing up with the label pointing out as if somebody put it there. And she said that her husband was very uh, OCD uh, 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 about all the labels facing out uniformly on the shelf, almost in kind of a military way. So if, if a, something had fallen by itself, it would be on its side and kind of askew. But this was perfect uh, in, the, uh, in the middle of the floor. But then... <laughs> Then her husband had an experience. One day he's taking a shower. It's in the afternoon. All of a sudden he smells stew cooking. And uh, he's thinking, or actually pot roast. He's thinking, oh, that smells great. Uh, my wife must have, uh, Kim must have come home early. And then he realized, no, she couldn't have come home early today. And then he sneaks out of the shower and hears these pots and pans banging in the kitchen. All of a sudden he looks and everything's gone, and the smell is gone. So, so th that was kind of weird because he was a non-believer, like you, Pete. And then the capstone, and this is the one that would really freak me out. I, I don't think I could live there anymore. So anyway, um, her husband would leave early for work. He was a contractor. She was home in bed alone, and the phone rang, and she answered it. She had a quick conversation and hung up, and she was trying to get back to sleep. She couldn't get back to sleep because the sun was shining, and it was very bright. So she was annoyed. And then she got, she said she got the weird feeling that someone was standing in her doorway in their bedroom and looking at her. She said she opened her eyes, and she slowly turned her head to look. 
And she said that there was an elderly woman just standing there. She's wearing yellow house coat, and she had long gray stringy hair, and she was solid, just like a real person. Now, that would freak me out. <laughs> you know, you're, you're sleeping, you, you see this person standing there, and, and this really got me. The woman spoke to her. She said, I'm really cold, and I don't feel well. Can I come into bed with you? <laughs> what? And Kib said, no way am I going to let a gro ghost crawl into bed with me. So she said she had seen this on TV. So she told the ghost, you need to go into the light. It's warm there, and your family and friends are all there waiting for you. She said the woman came into her room, went past the foot of the bed, and she stopped. And she looked up into the corner of the room, and then she vanished. And she said nothing ever again happened in the house. Now, the thing is, is that, Pete, I have heard stories of people when they're dying or so forth. They will look to the corner of a room. And this person, I'm guessing, did not know that and I, at the ceiling. And I just thought that was really odd, that kind of juxtaposition. But boy, I, Pete, you know what? Um, well, I, I'm a married man. I'm very happy. But, uh, uh, but you know, unless the ghost was really gorgeous, I would not let them in the <laughs> Jim, how can people find out more about you? Well, they can go to jimherald.com, J-I-M-H-A-R-O-L-D.com. So it's coming towards Halloween yet again. It's going to be spooky time. The time to actually read this book is round the campfire, because it's called Campfire 5, or in your home uh, with just a candle lit and the curtains drawn. Simple as that. It's got to be like that, hasn't it, Jim? Exactly, exactly. And I love the idea of getting it if you have a party and, and sharing stories. And then everybody else will start to share their stories. So I, I think it's a great conversation starter. Got to finish off with one more, please. Yes. Uh, this one is uh, the sassy doppelganger. Now, doppelgangers, you know, I never associated the idea that much with the paranormal, but I get all these stories about doubles. So anyway, this is Luke's story from South Carolina. This happened to a friend of his. Uh, this girl was 18 years old, and she lived in a mobile home, a trailer. I think maybe you guys call it a caravan. And uh, she would get out of school and get home about 3.30 on a school bus. And, uh, and anyway, her mom would usually be home first. So the one day the mom was home, she was sitting in the living room, and it was, you know, a few minutes before her daughter should be home. And all of a sudden... Her daughter walks out of her bedroom, shouldn't be home yet, and she says she goes hysterical on her mother, and she says, blank you, mom. I hate you. You're horrible. You're the worst mom ever, and I wish that you would go away and die. She went to her room, slammed her door immediately. As that bedroom door slams, the daughter walks in the front door. The mother said, well, how are you there? Basically, what had cursed her out was apparently some kind of weird doppelganger because they were almost in the same place at the same time. Now, I would say this is absolutely incredible and makes no sense, but I've heard many stories of doppelgangers, and it's one of the weirdest things in this whole realm. And again, that gets to that point that we might not just be talking about dead people here with ghosts. We might be talking about alternate realities alternate dimensions, and, and a lot of things that we can't quite uh, quite understand. And that's why I love this stuff, Pete. I don't understand it, and, and it's got me on the edge of my seat. It's Campfires 5. I look forward to it every year now, every book. 
I do too. I mean, this is my number one interview every year. I look forward to this. I just enjoy this, and I'm so thankful that you started interviewing me all those years ago, and that you still you'll still have me. Jim Harold, thanks for talking to us. Liverpool's biggest after-hours talk show, Late Night City, with Pete Price on Radio City Two.